Welcome to another edition of Wedding Talk Radio. I'm your host, Kyle Brown from the Bridal Association. Today, we get the pleasure of listening to Kelly Bearden from the Small Business Development Center at Cal State University. But before we dive in, I just want to remind everyone, please take a moment to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast provider and give us a quick review. It's what keeps us alive. You can also check out the video from the podcast on our YouTube page. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there. All the show notes and links can be found on our website, WeddingTalkRadio.com. Now sit back and enjoy our interview with Kelly. Um, so I'd like to welcome our guest speaker, uh, Kelly Bearden. Uh, he is with the uh, California State University Bakersfield Small Business Development uh, Department. Uh, I guess uh, he's the director there. And some of the things that we're going to talk about today is getting a small business loan uh, from uh, for the COVID stimulus bill or things of that nature. You know, uh, we might even break into the PPP, uh, Paycheck Protection Program, and of course, uh, pandemic um, assistance as well. So. With that being said, Kelly, go ahead and uh, maybe give us just a little bit of your background and let's jump right into it, some of the latest. Oh, fantastic. Well, thanks again for having me. I did bring a PowerPoint presentation with me uh, awesome. virtually. It's always fun to be able to say that nowadays, that you brought it with you. Uh, <laughs> kind of hangs out with everywhere you go, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, I'll use that in order to try to give you a little information about what the SBDC does. Um, more information also about what the uh, the center can actually help businesses in Kern County, and then also uh, a little bit about what our lives have been like lately with the emergency funding through the SBA, being both the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, the wonderful acronym that comes with it called IDLE, and then also the uh, PPP, the Payroll Protection Program, of which I'm starting to hear from uh, some of our consultants, of which we have 15 of them, uh, some different acronyms for three for PPP, but we won't get into that today. So, so a little bit about uh, my background. I've been at the SBDC uh, as the director since uh, 2012, approaching eight years now, and um, ran a center also in uh, the San Joaquin Valley previously, and was self-employed for 10 years. Uh, in between that. So me working here out of my home office is totally comfortable for me. And actually, uh, what I've learned the last month of being home-based is that I get much more work done here than I do at the office. <laughs> so um, uh, I've almost equated my productivity of going up twice, given the interruptions that I don't have at home compared to what I did have in the office. But then again, my children are grown. So I sympathize for any of those that have uh, kids at home and trying to do all this same stuff together so Kelly not to throw you off track here but um, actually when we're not in a pandemic and when we're not in this what are the services that SBDC does that uh, of course all these small businesses can take advantage of and you know that's exactly what I'm going to talk about Kyle. well see there you go we led right into it so um, I do have my my uh, my screen that I can that I can share with you and yep. pull up this PowerPoint um, let me do that. Let's see if I can. My uh, sometimes my Zoom, even though we've used Zoom at the SBDC for I don't know three and a half years, um, sometimes it's not cooperative in pulling up the screen that I want to pull up. It suggests others, but this time it looks like it's going to. There you go. 
this time it's going to help us out. So, um, and I keep looking, I keep telling, I keep mentioning it everywhere I go. And I hope somebody will tell me how to fix that because uh, I haven't found the time to run and look for myself. So just a little bit about what the SBDC program does. And it's a program that's in all 50 states. Uh, it's been funded by Congress since the 1980s in order to assist small businesses. It's the number one technical assistance provider uh, in the country. Uh, basically, it's paid for out of your tax dollars. So anything that's going on actually with your income tax situation, at least you're getting a little value here if you're utilizing our services. So in California, we do have six centers of uh, regional centers. Ours is regional center is Central California region. And so you can see that entire region right there that goes from the Pacific Ocean to the, to the state of Nevada to the very far south part of Kern County up to the top of Mono County where it runs into Topaz Lake into Nevada. The shaded blue are the three counties that we cover. Uh, they came to the realization that Kern just wasn't big enough that we needed also to cover Inyo and Mono counties. So uh, that kind of gives you an idea of why we've been on uh, Zoom or a predecessor. We used GoToWebinar, GoToMeeting uh, for the last eight years. So that positioned us really nicely for when this actually happened because we were so familiar with using this uh, particular platform and trying to work with businesses in Mono County because uh, my office is in downtown Bakersfield. And uh, if you get up into northern Mono County, you can get into communities like Walker and Colville, and those are about 325 miles away from our office. So this was a good platform wow. to use. So um, it's, it's been helpful for us, needless to say. So what we do at the SBDC, and my numbers are a little, uh, I realized I pulled a chart out that I hadn't updated, um, but kind of gives you an idea of what we do as we work and some of our impacts in Kern County is we work one-on-one -on -one consulting for existing business owners and those that are starting up. Now, in the last six weeks, since we really, you know, it was really kind of rallied around uh, St. Patrick's Day is when, uh, is when our world blew up and maybe everybody else's for that matter. But uh, up to that time, we had worked about 50% with startup businesses and about another 50% with existing business owners. Since that point, it's been almost exclusively existing business owners, and most of them have been looking for the emergency funding through either um, the SBD, SBA or a bank, being IDLE as the wonderful acronym that we have for the uh, disaster loan program. And I call it the 3P, which is the payroll protection program. So, um, you know, we're kind of judged on the businesses that we work with that starts up, but we were, we're judged with the number of businesses that we work with in total. And uh, we're judged in the number of businesses that we get funding for. So that's kind of our scorecard. Uh, we have been at CSU Bakersfield since uh, 19, or excuse me, since 2010. Prior to that, the SBDC program was, uh, was done out of the Weill Institute on, right there on Chester as part of a program through Bakersfield College and the Kern Community College District. So it's been in the community for about 30 years. So there's a kind of an idea of the number of clients. If I can just jump in and tell you what numbers the numbers look like for 19, they grew substantially to where we worked with about over 50 businesses that actually started up. 
and the number of one-on-one -on -one business clients that we talk to. And these are ones that we document of spending at least an hour of time. Uh, some of them are far more substantial on that than that uh, and can go up, you know, up, you know, literally into the hundreds if, if it's a project. And, and we're a project-based uh, organization. Being a nonprofit, what we're based on is we're based as an economic development program. So we're not a social program, and so our resources really go to projects and to businesses that are really going to benefit the community with jobs and other factors. So jobs and capital infusion are our two biggest, um, our two biggest goals. In 19 for capital infusion, and that's the, the dollars that we were able to get our small business clients. This year it's going to be skewed uh, high because of these two programs that we're working with people. But our goal was 8.8 .8 million in 18, and we achieved almost 13 million. And last year, about 15 million in capital for our, our uh, clients that we worked with. And again, we don't create any of these jobs. It's businesses like you and other businesses throughout Kern, Kern County that we work with. And as we work with them, they grow their particular employment by expanding or getting capital to grow on. So uh, I mentioned we have high quality business consulting. Uh, our SBDC team consists of about 15 uh, senior level consultants, and these are people that have owned businesses, people that have worked in a number of businesses, um, but many of them are also self-employed uh, consultants on their own. So um, none of our employees, or excuse me, they're independent contractors, none of our contractors are actually um, actually uh, retired, you know, like uh, other programs might be. They are fully engaged. We have professional development events and other things. Now, they're not full-time generally with the SBDC. They usually have other things that they do as well, piece it together. So then we also have junior or associate consultants, and those are students, uh, students with our CSUB School of Business and Public Administration. And they could be MBA students or they can be undergraduate students in curriculums like finance and accounting, marketing, uh, and so forth, management. So it's those individuals that actually uh, really, really lend a lot of uh, effort and a lot of vitality to our program. Uh, so we're really pleased to have a good stable of students that work in there. The students are vetted, they're highly trained and they are uh, very helpful in working with businesses that we work with. Uh, over here, this is a little bit dated also. It's going to be really heavily skewed toward the financing right now based on what's going on, but it kind of shows you an idea. And, uh, and I would say the financing and capital has, has been higher recently anyway, and can also include that of a startup business. But then there's other areas of marketing and social media uh, some budgeting. We're seeing a lot of people that really need to get into cash flow forecasting. It's one of the things that we push. So in addition to the consulting, uh, we have some good resources on our website that you can always go check out. There's our website, csubsbdc.com. Uh, I like to show people, since we're, we're pretty transparent and we really believe in strategic planning, kind of a glimpse of what our strategic plan was going to look like in 2020. Uh, being a national program that's uh, funded by the U.S. Small Business Administration, that's where we get the majority of our funding. Uh, the SBA actually uh, has us through a national organization that goes through an accreditation process. And so that was going to be our focus this year was to once again become an accredited program as we were uh, 
last in 2016. So that was going to be our focus and the accreditation is contingent on remaining a program and moving forward. If you don't get the accreditation focus, you lose your funding basically and uh, we're out of business. So that was an obviously a very key strategic point for us this year. But also we look at our program delivery and we were looking at uh, a lot of our rural out outreach. Before this kind of broke down, we had established reg regular office hours in both Shafter and Wasco. Uh, we've been very active in East Kern in the rural areas out there in addition to Inyo and Mono. Um, we've been a driver behind procurement, for example, and procurement activities lately have been focused in Ridgecrest after the disaster, disastrous earthquake. Uh, they have about $4 billion worth of damage to the China Lake um, uh, Naval Weapons Station, or actually it's Naval Weapons Station China Lake. Uh, $4 billion of damage, and there's a lot of procurement efforts that are going to begin later on to reconstruct many parts of the base. Uh, we're active in America's seed funding, uh, with, and that's basically the program called the SBIR. It was going to be a, a focus for us this year where... Uh, essentially the government does grant about $3 billion for innovation and technology projects that are very specific through the 10 agencies of the US federal government that participate in the program from the Department of Energy to um, USDA and Health and Human Services. 10 of them all together contribute about uh, a portion of their uh, budgets in order to do that. And then our focus was going to really be on our Kern County core, as we like to call it. So that's kind of like a glimpse of where we thought we were going this year. It's kind of funny, last year, um, we had this slide that we were shown as late, actually, we showed this slide, I think, as late as January of this year in a presentation. And we were already starting to talk about economic downturn that might have occurred more organically rather than the economic disaster that we're experiencing now. But we used this, which was, uh, the source was a Bank of America survey that they do annually. And it was quite telling because it actually uh, showed that in case of an economic downturn, uh, I have taken steps to protect my business of which 69% said yes. Uh, maybe not the extent that they thought they would have to and 31% had not. And uh, one of our reasons for doing this is we do, a, we do programs throughout the year called Capital Summits where we would get together and do a full or half day conference, usually a half day, and we'd bring in 12 or 14 different funding sources that are unique. And one of them was always on opening the line of credit. And as you see the next graph on the right, Here's what the steps were taken to actually prepare for that downturn. And some people had an emergency fund that they're finding is really helpful right now. Um, others had created alternative business plan to reduce expenses, which I'm sure many of you have had to do and been forced to do with, with the revenues in the wedding sector uh, pretty much uh, being decimated as well. Uh, the line of credit and then second job and stress testing the business. So, you know, I used to, this used to be the go-to slide when I'd end the presentation, but now I put it up farther toward the, toward the beginning because, you know, old school, and I'm old school, you tell, you give somebody bad service, they tell five friends. Now you give somebody bad service and they potentially tell thousands of people. So for, um, in addition to our 
actual consulting. We do a, a number of training. I alluded to the Capital Summits, which are an in-person half-day event. We did three of those last year in Bakersfield to Hatchby. And since we cover Inyo and Mono, we were in uh, uh, Mammoth Lakes last year for it. So on this is our next one will be next Wednesday. These are usually from 12 to one. They're, they're very well attended. Um, we've been doing webinars since 2013. So again, we were positioned when this thing struck to be able to roll with the punches pretty well on that. Um, the previous seven we have recorded including yesterday's. And what we do is we just come in and give you the latest information. They've been really focused on the 3P loan and the idle loan. So they've been focused in those areas since those are the critical areas. We're looking to move away from that and start getting into business ideas and suggestions as far as restarting your business. And we're gonna start looking into opening the business strategies of reopening businesses, hopefully moving forward as soon as May 6th. We do still have some HR issues to address with a uh, reopening of our economies and our businesses, and we'll probably discuss that as well. Um, so there's kind of a list of our sponsors who participates in uh, the program and makes it really possible. Um, if you were on our uh, if you were on our webinar yesterday, here's a few of the slides that I just thought I would go over quickly, um, and again. Our webinar is focused on what happens that day. We generally do not promote the webinar until either Monday afternoon or we send out an e-blast on Tuesday morning. And the webinar is on Wednesday from noon. And, and generally we do that because we really don't know the direction of where we're gonna be going about waiting through the weekend because everything has changed so rapidly. It's changed, it's such a fluid situation. Change here, change there. So really we wait till probably as late as maybe Monday afternoon to begin even working on the webinar for Wednesday. And it is subject to change all the way up to about 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning. But uh, this week it was more like, um, actually I wished it would have changed. I wished we could have got what we are mostly looking for and that's bullet number four, which is the final interim rules on the PPP, which we've started to see a lot of our, our clients and a lot of businesses in Kern County receiving PPP funding but yet the final rules on the forgiveness portion of that, because uh, recall that uh, the majority of that can be forgiven. It is a loan, but it can be forgiven subject to how many employees you bring back. And, and the PPP is really employer employee based, even though self-employment and independent contractors could access it. Uh, but it's really uh, employee based and, I think the intent was to drive people off unemployment and keep them employed in their position. So when the economy opened up again and, and the orders were lifted, people were in place to actually start the economy faster. So that's uh, the focus of what we've been doing. Uh, we gave updates on, on IDLE and PPP and we're hopefully restarting soon. Uh, we can be welcoming our customers, customers back. Uh, I'm scheduled to go to a wedding in Idaho uh, the first week in August. I believe August, uh, maybe August 8th, Saturday. Uh, with our webinars, we usually jump in and do some polls. And uh, um, I don't do them on the fly, but you could do a poll on the fly right now, Kyle, if you wanted to. Okay. And so, and so you know, when you get old like I am, uh, you have to put a slide up just to remind yourself to go to the polls. 
So this was the slide for that. And, uh, and also, you know, one thing that we had, the reason you see the Current Economic Development Foundation, they came in and sponsored after attending some of our webinars. And they're the nonprofit uh, section of uh, the Current Economic Development. And they came in and saw value and had been working with Chevron locally. And Chevron wanted to make uh, available a lot of gift cards uh, for gas for first responders and others that were really doing uh, remarkable work to keep what economy we had left open and providing the safety and the security that we need as citizens in Kern County. And uh, so they presented them with some uh, gas cards of which they also realized the impact that it was having on small business. And they were able to, uh, long story short, we give away $1,000 worth of Chevron gift cards the last two webinars. And there's a rumor that it's going to continue for a few more. Wow. So we give those $100 each, 10 of them, during the webinar at one time. Sometimes we use the poll, sometimes we don't. So... Um, we talked a little bit about what was going on with these particular programs, and I won't get into the weeds in this stuff. Uh, you can go back and find this recording, or you can email me if you really want to see it, and um, or get a link to next week's webinar. Um, but so, you know, generally, uh, with with the disaster loan, we had only nine billion dollars in the last. You know, nine billion dollars doesn't go as far as it used to. We found out so. <laughs> $60 billion more was added, and that's all in process, and it very well could be already all spent. Uh, I, we don't know. We're looking for the portal to see if it opens. You see that that web address up there in gold? Yes. Um, maybe it should be in a different color other than gold. Um, that um, That is not open at this time. Uh, early in the week, SBA said that they were going to reopen it, probably by the late part of the week. Yesterday, they said... It could open by the late part of the week if it's going to open, which is uh, which is speak for me of it could be already all spent. So that's what's going on there. We've encouraged people that if you have filed for idle and you haven't heard anything and your application number begins with a two, you need to refile once the portal opens, if it opens. And then also you'll see... Um, the application, if it begins with a three, what you need to do is you need to sit tight and wait because there's a good chance your risk is going to be funded. Um, Kelly, so yeah. when you say when that opens, what what do you mean? Because I just pulled it up real quick because I was going to share the link. So it's, you know, in our show notes, but um, it says apply for assistance on here. Uh, pull it up right now and we'll go through it. Okay, we'll go through I, I'll, I got it open. So let me share my screen real quick. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. I, I stopped your share for a second. And, uh -huh. Share, share. There we go. Um, where to go? Okay. Let me pull this over here. Oh. And okay. Where did my? There it is. Okay. Uh, are you seeing it or not yet? Not yet. Okay, let me stop the share real quick and then here again. So is Zoom doing to you what they usually do to me, whereas oftentimes they won't give you the link that you want to share? Yeah, I don't know why. Normally I'm able to share my screen, so it's never really been an issue. Yeah. Uh, but it is today because you had to mention something, you know? It's technology. <laughs> 
There we go. I got it now. Okay. There we go. There you go. Okay. Now click on apply for assistance. Okay. And that's what you see. Notice in lapse of inappropriations. Uh, so it won't let you, normally there would be a portal that pops up or when it was open, there was a portal. And there's been so many iterations of this disaster loan through the process. Um, you know, it actually, to start it out, it, what happened was it used commonly used in the past disaster loans. And that is typically more focused on, you know, an earthquake, a tornado, or some property damage. So the physical damage is by far the most, uh, the most damage of that particular disaster. Okay. In this one, it was all economic injury. And so the application process really didn't fit. And SBA scrambled to get up a new portal, which they did. I believe you could go back in Kern County, you can go back as far as I believe to about the 10th or the 12th of March. And Kern was really one of the first disaster regions uh, in the country that were designated a region. There was like eight or 10 counties in California. And soon, it, soon about three days later, it went nationwide. But wow. initially uh, it started and I don't know the origin of that, of why it, uh, why it happened here so much quicker. But. So, so Colleen uh, from Fairy Godmother has a question. I'm gonna uh, bring her in so she can go ahead and ask you. Hi, Kelly. Hello, Colleen. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Does Maureen work for you? Who? Maureen. Oh, yeah. Maureen's fantastic. She's my coach. Well, uh, you are in good hands. I really like her. She's, she's uh, tough <laughs> and professional. And she's going to be very, very, very busy in the month of May. Because yeah, she, uh, you start restarting, it's going to be marketing and social media social media marketing and uh yeah maureen's great yeah she's been really instrumental in a lot of things that i've done she's been a really she's a good coach but i like her because she's also you know has certain expectations of you so she uh she gives me a lot of homework <laughs> i like hearing that my question is we are a new corporation uh this year and we just uh, started adding the team on for payroll. Uh, we just put the first two people on last month. So in looking over all of the SBA funding programs and things, I'm not really clear what we qualify for because we are so new and I don't really have a, um, like a good history of employee payroll. So I don't feel like I can apply for the PPE, PPE, PPE um, programs. I don't really know which one we should even try for. Well, one thing we're finding is that they don't fit everybody. And really one of, the, one of the issues that we've ran into that makes it a little bit more difficult for the disaster loan are entities that changed from a sole proprietor to an LLC or corporation. Because we believe, and all we can do is believe, is during that process that you're having a new employer ID number, you might've used a social security in the past, and that's not in their system. And we're thinking that people that go through the disaster loan process are getting kicked out because they really don't have any history with that EIN. And so when they put it in, and there's, let's face it, there's people out there putting fraudulent companies in there trying to, trying to pull some money and run, um, maybe even some foreign governments, we don't know. 
So um, that's been a process that that has been a problem. So there have, there have been a number of people that it really doesn't fit in. And if you're self-employed though, one of the main aspects of the PPP, and it even works with a different entity, um, it doesn't work evenly. So what you can do is you can actually apply based on your 2019 net earnings on a Schedule C. Now, our problem with that so far has been, first of all, the process for opening up on the PPP for these individuals was the 10th of April. And that's a full week after all the businesses got to start applying for that had 10, 20, or more employees. So what we found is that is that the banks and the other lenders were so swamped with other deals, and plus they didn't frankly understand how it worked. Um, if you had a net profit in 2019, even if you haven't filed your taxes, if you complete your taxes and show a net profit, or if you have them done, then you could essentially take that as your income and, and, and use the same formula that what we've used. And the formula has been, uh, basically you take your net income, you multiply it by one sixth, and then you multiply it by 2.25. And that's the short version of the calculation on how to figure out what you can apply for. Because the PPP, you can apply for a specific grant or a specific loan amount that can be granted to you. Uh, whereas the disaster loan, you just provide some information and SBA makes the determination based on your need. So let's just use an assumption. Let's say you made $40,000 of net income last year. And I don't have the calculations in front of me. And, uh, but uh, it would be basically multiplying that times 0.1667 and then times 2.5. So if, if anybody wants to help me out, I'm gonna just go with a number, let's say $10,000. And let's say $10,000 then is the amount that you can actually apply for. It's probably a little less than that. It's probably six or 8,000. But if you can apply for say, let's go with $8,000, then what you can do with that then is pay your salary basically over that 60 day period. Now, again, um, if you were to want to get in, um, because it's just right now it's ultra crush period. It's, it's, if you haven't applied, uh, if I, I would recommend doing it by today. And if you haven't completed your taxes, but you have a profit and loss statement that you know is going to be on your prof, your taxes, that's fine. So the key is, is being able to show the SBA that you had a profit, which basically you paid yourself and you can replace probably 60 days of those earnings uh, during that next two month period. And if you go on, if you were to apply, uh, my recommendation right now would be to one of the fintech online lenders, just because I know a couple of them just opened up. One of them is called the Opportunity Fund, and we've worked with them. Um, we've worked with their representatives out of San Jose, but they were real instrumental in doing kind of smaller size deals for us. And a lot of, uh, a lot of small, you know, $30,000 food type ventures, that was kind of their niche. But since they just opened up, I think that they don't have the demand and the crush, and I think they have an online platform. I can send you the, the link if anybody is interested after, afterwards. So that would be the recommendation that I would have. So what is it that I'm applying for? Which one of the programs? It would be the 3P. 
Oh, it is. Okay. And and who knows? By the time we hang up today, maybe the three P's out of money. Yeah. But, but maybe it's not. You know. And what is the new program that's coming up tomorrow, Kelly? Tomorrow. There's something new that is opening up tomorrow. I thought. Am I wrong? Well, you know, also, you know, the other thing that I would do also, if, if you're not showing very much income from your business, um, and again, I don't know your situation. I'm just speculating to give you an idea what, what other course of action you have. What you could be talking about is uh, yesterday or the day before, the state of California opened up unemployment for the first time for self-employed individuals. So well, if you don't have any employees, you can actually go through the EDD website now and apply. And part of that process, I, I looked at the numbers briefly. It seems like it was like about $150 a week you would get. But then there's a period of about uh, eight weeks to where you could get unemployment from the federal in addition to that of $600. So it could be $700 and something dollars to supplement. And this is the first time it's really been available. And there it is right there. And really available to self-employed, independent contractors, and others. And it really is probably, I would probably recommend doing this rather than the PPP unless you were able to look at, um, unless you were able to as a sole, a self-employed individual with no employees and you had really strong earnings that you reported on your tax return, then I would do, in addition to this, I would do a quick 3P application with an online lender. If you use Square, for example, I would think that giving your services, uh, many of, of you that are here today, you might use Square. Square is an option to go online and use them. Um, they've been participating in the program. If you use QuickBooks Online, Intuit has been a portal for online users. But I just think you need somebody in FinTech who can really get it up and going very quickly at this point because I really think time is of the essence. Maybe it's beyond time of the essence, but that's how <laughs> crucial the timing is. I will share that link in the chat room uh, right now to everybody. Uh, Angela from Enchanted Bridal um, has a question for you, Kelly. Angela, you're live. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Fantastic. Doing great. Good. I have been um, speaking with Jay Thompson, and he's actually been um, assisting us off and on uh, for the um, six years that we've been open. Um, more so in the last um, 30 days, rather. But my question is, do you, does your office have anybody to help with filing taxes? <clears throat> Before this pandemic started, we decided to um, move to a different CPA uh, without finding a new one. So we're kind of at that rock and a hard place where we need to get our taxes filed. Yeah, that's, um, that's an area that we really don't get into. Um, we kind of stay away from the legal side of things. We're kind of mandated to do so. Uh -huh. And I guess it's an, an interpretation, but I throw taxes. And another thing we really don't do is website development that you'd think we'd be more involved with. Uh -huh. and the reason we, we, we were more of a, of a teaching program rather than a providing a service program. The one area that we get a little deeper in is the funding side of things. Because it's one thing in your business that many business owners only do once or twice during their entire life cycle. Whereas you'll be filing your taxes every year and also you'll be doing your marketing 
on a, on a fairly regular basis, hopefully, and other things like that. So that's kind of the areas that we go in our particular programs. Okay. Wished I could help. Nope, that's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so basically, it sounds like for the people who are small businesses like myself, uh, um, who didn't get a paycheck, that the pandemic unemployment assistance is probably the way to go. Seems to be the most logical. Um, At this stage of the game, I think so. Right, and then as far as people who are incorporated who were taking a paycheck, they're more towards the PPP, Paycheck Protection Program. Well, um... You know, I'm, I'm not real positive on the unemployment, but I believe that you could be self-employed and be different than just a Schedule C filer, so just be a sole prop. Um, I'm not positive on that, but there, uh, I believe that there could be, because I haven't really got into it deeply, but I think that there could be provisions for like single member LLCs gotcha. or even other LLCs. It seemed to me like on the PPP, the difference uh, was mandated on how it actually flowed through to your taxes. So okay. if it flowed through on a schedule uh, K-1, which, um, which is a way to distribute funds from an LLC or a Schedule C, or excuse me, a, uh, uh, an S corporation. So if it flowed down on a K-1, it was more difficult or wasn't allowed. But if it flowed to your, if it flowed to a Schedule C, if it flowed to a 1099 and others that it seemed to be, it's, it's really inconsistent. It's really those final rules that make everything like that so valuable. And so we have a tendency to, we have a tendency to speculate more than we really want to. Awesome. So now should we basically for, you know, obviously things are changing I'd say on a daily basis, but sometimes on an hourly basis, should we kind of keep an eye on President Trump and his comments on small business support amid the coronavirus, or even sometimes taking our lead from either Gavin Newsom or Andrew Cuomo, just just kind of getting a, a feel for where things are going, you know, when it comes to the impact of COVID-19 or coronavirus on small business. You know, I think that the states have really been given the, the lead on when they open up their individual states. And uh, in talking with the county a little bit last week, they seem to think that they couldn't do anything in to, until the governor actually opened up California. Okay. So, and, you know, the there's no date that's been mentioned. The date that's speculated has been if everything continues to proceed uh, uh, in a more favorable fashion than it has would be perhaps May 18th, um, but it could be the first week in June. So it's just so many are dependent on his particular, there are areas, there are counties that are opening up. I think Modoc County up in far Northeastern California is opening up tomorrow maybe. And, um, and but it, 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 we have to wait to see how the governor is gonna react to that because from what I heard from Kern County was that they really can't legally open under this government mandate of closure. Ah, okay. So, so it sounds like he's holding the strings. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay. So uh, I'm going to bring uh, Mike, you're, you're unmuted. Mike uh, Miller from Tastry's Bakery has a, a question for you. Yeah. Hi. Um, so will the SBA be providing guidelines 
<clears throat> excuse me, uh, to help us calculate the PPP forgiveness. Um, particularly, I like some direction on how to calculate the full-time equivalents and the wage reduction. Those are the key ones right now. Uh, right. You know, it's interesting. I got an email from, uh, from a local CPA uh, who has been kind of uh, an individual I keep bouncing back and forth with. And what he has is um, his national association, the uh, Association of Independent CPAs, maybe, AICPA. They just recently uh, announced their recommendations and sent them to SBA on what they think that, uh, that they urge happened with this. Now, recall we all thought, or many of us thought, I thought anyway, that they were coming out because in the legislation of the CARES Act, it said forgiveness had to come out within 30 days of the legislation, which was last Sunday, the 26th, and they didn't come out. And I understand it's a very complicated question and issue when you start getting into so many variables. I know how complicated it is because of the number of questions I've got on the topic. And they're good, very good questions too, I might add. And so just briefly, what, what we have so far is we have an eight week period, 75%, which includes payroll, it includes uh, state taxes, so state of California taxes only, like state disability insurance and state unemployment insurance, and also health insurance premiums. And that needs to be 75%. There's nothing written about what happens if you come in at 74.5%. Um, so there's that aspect of it. But then there's also the full-time equivalents, which is another huge issue. And it can be interpreted so many different ways based on the rules and regulations we have now. So here's what the CPA Association urged, and this is, this is really fresh. This is as of, I think, last night. So they think that the eight-week covered period should align with the beginning of a pay period, not the date the loan proceeds are received. So right now, it's when the loan, when the, the date the loan is received by the individuals when your eight-week window starts. They think it should align with the beginning of a pay period to make it easier and you don't have to go in and allocate, particularly with larger employers, that would be very difficult if you had a lot of different employees. Uh, they also think, and this is one, and I tend to agree with that one, I tend to agree with this next one too, the eight-week period should commence once stay-at-home restrictions are lifted in restricted states, not when the loan proceeds are received. Obviously, that makes a whole ton of sense, uh, given the fact that on our webinar series, we keep having a segment called What to Do with Too Many Employees, because there are employers that we're talking to that want to actually employ people to sit around to meet that 75% threshold in order to then have the other remaining 25% that they could use for rent and utilities and be forgiven. And it's crazy. So uh, it's an individual, it's an individual calculation, but many of them are doing that. Uh, the third of their four recommendations does deal with FTEs or full-time equivalents, and they should be calculated using a simple wage-based proxy when hours worked are not tracked by the employer. And the example that they give for salarized salary workers or those paid by piecemeal. 
So that one's a little more confusing. It should be calculated using a simple based proxy when hours are worked. And then the last one that they recommend is that payroll reduction calculation should be based on the employee's average payroll per week during the eight week period. And then compare to the prior quarter rather than comparing a total compensation in the period. So the loan forgiveness in that case would, would work to reduce employee compensation um, and so forth. You know, you have other issues too. You have the fact that you're not gonna have as many full-time equivalents because the minimum wage went up. And if you paid minimum wage to employees, all of a sudden your payroll is gonna be higher and you're not gonna have the same amount of money to actually actually use in that fashion. Well, that last the one thing that, the most confusing. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, the last one is the most confusing with the wage reduction because it's comparing an eight week period average wages to a quarter period average wages. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's the average wage of the week or you just take the entire quarter and compare that to the, it, the way it's written, you take the, the total of the wages in the eight weeks with the total of the wages in the quarter. And that doesn't make sense that you compare a quarter with a eight week period. Yeah, and those are just their recommendations. So hopefully, hopefully the first two that I really agree with, with the eight week, week period, if we got those, and then we got at least definitions to where we could turn this into a black and white conversation instead of a totally gray conversation, it'd be really beneficial. Right. Okay. So no new guidance yet. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line. So um, Kelly, where would we find uh, that link for um, your Wednesday webinars? Uh, I think I found it actually in my email, but is it the same link or is it where they register each week? Uh, it actually, the link changes every week. So uh, what I will do is, I will do is, oh, doggone Gardner. I had to open <laughs> my window because it was getting stuck in here. I didn't realize I had so many neighbors that had gardeners. Yeah. You know? I guess that's what I've learned during this month. But, uh, but anyway, um, what I will do is I'll send you a link and you can share it and I'll, I'll get okay. that out to you later today. Okay. That'll work. Um, Cause yeah, I, I have a feeling a, a few people would like to attend that on, on average. How many people do you get at one of these? Just curious. Well, if you go over, let's see, we've done seven of them. Mm -hmm. And I'd say over those seven weeks, we've averaged over probably um, of live attendings, we've averaged probably around 250. Wow. And, wow. and for, uh, and then also a lot of them have been because the recording link is generally then has been shared by a number of chamber of commerces throughout all three counties that we are operate in. Right. And other entities. So I think uh, on demand views of them uh, run in the hundreds, probably per, probably earlier they ran in the hundreds and now it's probably about a hundred would be my okay. guess. I was just curious. Uh, they, they've been, uh, they've been really popular. So, um, and uh, for me, it's like seven weeks. I, I think of talking about the same thing and, 
and I get done with it and I'm just going, oh gosh, this is so stale. But then we get feedback on it and it's like the information that they want to hear and they still need to hear because we don't know for sure. Uh, a lot of the things like Mike was talking about. Awesome. Uh, does anybody else have any other questions uh, for Kelly? Yeah, Kyle, I just went over. Yes, Brian, uh, Brian over uh, with uh, the Mark restaurant downtown and of course the Iron Lily venue. So Brian, take it away. Hi, Kelly. How's it going? How's H Street? Uh, the, they, the, just the street itself, like it, downtown's dead. <laughs> well, our office is at 17th and H, so I always, every, anytime, anytime somebody even has a piece of H Street on their, on their business or their quarter, I always have to ask. Hmm. Well, we're working on developing that H Street side to make it a little bit more pretty based in the Padre. Uh, you'll see some stuff coming up here. It hasn't, we haven't really talked about it, um, but that kind of leads into my question a little bit. So with the Mark restaurant downtown, um, when the idle loans first came out, I applied for the idle loan. Uh, and it, they, what date they was that, Brian? It was back in March. It was, so I applied with a paper application on a Friday. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but it was in March. I did a paper application on a Friday they shut down the system completely. I didn't get any word on it. And then on Monday, they put up an online application with the three little circles where you could uh, apply. It was a 10, 15 minute application. Um, and I did that the first day that it came out. It was on a Monday. Um, since they have funded 10,000 to my account. Um, so I did receive that initial 10,000. That was about a week ago. Uh, so it took a good 35, 40 days uh, to receive that initial 10000 through that idle loan. But I haven't heard any correspondence or word about how much I could potentially be getting. I know that it's at least uh, somewhere around like a 3.75% interest rate. Um, so I have that loan that was applied for, and that's where that process is. I applied with B of A for the PPP the first day it came out. And that uh, because of all the preferential lending that all the banks did, we ended up not receiving funding in the first round. But the day before the refunding opened back up, I got an email from them saying everything was all set. And as soon as the SBA refunded, uh, we would be submitting our application from B of A to the SBA. And they did submit that application last, I believe it was on Tuesday, um, I got an email that said that, that went through to the SBA. Great. Um, How big was so your my, PPP loan? Uh, 134000 Okay. Um, you, know, you know, the real, uh, well, let me let you get answer. Let me ask you, let you ask your question first. So the, the main question that I have is given that I'm in process on both loans and I don't have word whether either one will go through. I've heard from people that you are allowed to apply for both. And then I've also heard that you are not allowed to apply for both. So I'm kind of at a loss there. I don't know which one to, you know, rely on whether I can have both. If I can, obviously I, I will go for both because we're wanting to work on the building that the market is and we're in process. We have our permits and we're going to expand the building. Um, but, I, that would, the, you know, $300,000 would go a long way towards 
doing the improvements inside of the building and fixing all that. Uh, however, with PPP and the mark, it's at a point now where as soon as we have to turn on the air conditioners for the summer, we're done. We won't make it. There's not enough. There's not enough of a margin. Our PG&E bill is eight thousand dollars a month, and right now we're bringing in anywhere between a hundred and five hundred dollars a day in sales. So it's just not economically feasible. And if PPP comes in another week or two, we're done. There's no way we're going to make it. Well, um, let me start by saying uh, I will end the controversy on if you can have both. And uh, at both, and I think by both you meant the idle loan and the PPP loan, and the answer is yes, you can. Okay. Now, there's a lot of confusion still going on with idle on what is being funded as far as a um, as far as the longer term disaster loan program, which I believe is the one I think you're hoping to get three hundred thousand for. Yeah, and, it was like three seventy five up to three seventy five. Uh, it was, it was the biggest ones we're seeing are about 500,000. So, and that's made a, based on a determination on what your working capital needs are according to SBA. And it's a calculation from your cost of goods sold and your sales. They don't tell us the exact uh, algorithm that they're using, but it's based in that area. And, and so a couple of things I want to, I want to uh, focus on is number one, the you can get the PPP and you can get, and congratulations for getting through with that, um, that 134. And I actually, you know, even though I'm sure you had many sleepless nights over that PPP, um, it's actually going to be a bonus if they don't change the 60-day requirement on that because it puts you out farther toward when you're going to be opening up and going to be able to use your employees better. So I have actually clients that have had the PPP for two and a half weeks now, and they're just saying we're shut down um, and it's a, it's an out of County brewery and they're shut down and they say, there's no way we're going to be up and going again for at least another three weeks. And we really can't really utilize the employees. And so they're in a rock and a hard spot. Um, unless of course they change these rules that the CPA suggested as far as ending when the stay at home order. And we don't know if that's going to happen, but you're going to be better positioned with your PPP. And it's based on um, when you actually receive those funds. And a number of our clients are requesting it because I do have, we did go over the PPP note yesterday in our webinar. And I do have copies of both the notes of, of some of our clients for each loan. There's not a, there is not a, um, a note for the advance, just the long-term idle loan and the PPP. But uh, a couple of more points for you to consider. Um, and we'll, we'll get to the, the idle loan, right? Well, we'll get to it last, but uh, your idle advance, $10,000. Uh, it's our interpretation. And again, you're getting one man's interpretation who's heard way too much stuff on all this subject. Mm -hmm. But in reading the PPP grant, it used to say, or excuse me, the note is, and SBA used to call it a grant at first, and then they called it an advance. And for those reasons, it's my interpretation after reading the PPP note that you will sign a four page note that comes to you if, if it is the standard. Did you officially, did you go through B of A or did you go through a different lender? The PPP was done through the SBA website. 
or I'm sorry, no, that was the, uh, that was the Eidolon. Um, I went through B of A for the PPP. Okay. I, I haven't seen a note because they can actually use a different note than the standard PPP, which most lenders are using. And uh, so of your 134,000 PPP, many are given the option rather to have it put into their, their account directly and or receiving a cashier's check. Many of the clients I've talked to after we've discussed this have decided to go with the cashier's check because if nothing else, based on how the regulations are written now, it buys them about two or three extra days. Uh, so that's one thing to consider when you get okay. to your note direct, will be coming. I'm sorry? It's done through direct deposit. They ask for the account information and everything. Okay, so um, we're not giving you a choice. It's going to be direct deposited into the account. That's where the first, they already did the first 10,000. Oh, that's the idle loan, sorry. There's two different things going on. But I yes, understand. BFA did ask for, um, they were going to fund it directly to the account. Did they already send you your note by email in DocuSign? Uh, hmm? They did not, no, BFA. That'll be coming, no. that'll be coming soon. And then it, I when, didn't get an email that I think I got an email that said there was an additional information, but I think it was an information document. Um, they only just submitted it to the SBA. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not actually approved by them. So there's no documents to sign except for the initial application so far. Well, my strategy would be to, would be to try to push that off as, as long as you can. And, but you only have five days from when you receive the note to sign it and get it back. But if it was me, I'd, I'd wait a couple of days as much as you want to really hurry on the process. But once you have the note, it's just executing that note. And then when B of A gets that back, all they have to do is transfer the money into your account. So right now, that transfer date starts your 60-day clock. So it, again, it could change with the final rules. But right now, it starts your clock. So consider that. Also, on your idle advance, um, your $10,000 idle advance, uh, remember I had mentioned it was being called a grant initially. And what we believe the determination on that is, is people that receive the PPP program and receive an idle grant or advance, an idle advance, uh, that $10,000 in the note is going to be added to your PPP loan and is not subject to forgiveness. So that is a $10,000 addition that will be a loan. So that is not going to be free money for you. If, so it's you, going, if I do end up getting both. Well, it sounds like you're going to get both if, if, if B of A submitted and you're in. Uh, and you've already got the advance. Hypothetically, yes. But my guess with all the preferential lending that was going on is they had 2,000 applications sitting there on their desks that were already done and completed. And they hit go on 2,000 applications times 50, 100, 1,000 financial institutions. Mm -hmm. My guess is that money's gone in days, not weeks like last time. I, you're probably correct. And, uh, but it's Thursday and they haven't said it's gone yet. Um, but you know, you know, I'm, I'm confident if they're corresponding with you, like the way they have that they're probably are, are very confident that your loan is through. Okay. So, um, the so two let's, things let's that, make the assumption, the, let's, let's make the assumption now that it's through. Um, and I know that that's, uh, an edge of the seat assumption for you, but, um, Let's assume the 134 is coming in 
then what you have to do is, is to get most of that forgiven is 75% of that. So, so then figure out your payroll and work your payroll for them. But if you get the PPP, consider the 10,000 advance to be a loan. Okay. Okay. I've, I've okay. heard that two different ways. I've, I've heard that it's uh, when I did the application, the $10,000, was forgivable 100% whether I was approved or not on my SBA loan. Essentially for filling out the application, I was going to receive up to $10,000 forgivable whether I was approved or not. That's what my understanding from the verbiage was. It, it, and that's the way it might end up, but based on what we are hearing, and it's not final, obviously, but what we're hearing is that those who receive a PPP, your idle advance will be added to the loan. Okay. The other way that I heard that was it was going to be a reduction off of. So if I was eligible for 134, that if I received the 10,000 from PPP or, or from the IVA loan, I mean, that the, mm -hmm. that the three P would go down by 10,000. So I would be at 124 for my loan. That was the other way that I've heard somebody's interpretation. Uh, I will argue with that person. Okay. I don't remember who it was. It was about a week ago. Get them on the phone. I'll argue with them right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, now, now if, if you get really bad news that somehow your PPP did not go through, the $10,000 is your consolation prize. You wouldn't have to pay it back. Yeah. But, you know, who wants second well, place, huh? Right. I also I also know that I'm not going to be able to run at 75% for my staffing cost because I'm literally would have people just standing around doing nothing. Mm -hmm. there, there's nothing to do. Um, I mean, I, I, I can have them clean the place from top to bottom, but beyond that, if I don't have customers coming in, I don't have work for them. Um, so essentially, I'm just paying them to be there. And I know you're dying in establishments like yourself and we have other clients like you. You're the ones being hit the hardest. Um, I, I think I ordered a pizza sometime in the last week or so and it was like, it's going to take us an hour and a half to get here. And it's like, why are we ordering pizza? They're doing fine. Yeah. We need to find somebody who's delivering. You know, some of the people that are in your line of work, and I know it doesn't really bode well, but one, a couple of the solutions that I've heard or a couple of the things they're going to try is to do a delivery where your chef comes in and cooks for six hours and then spends the last hour or two delivering on their way home. Um, again, there's HR considerations and things like that, but those are some of the creative ways we're trying to figure out how to utilize people. Because again, for you, and I don't know what your situation is on rent or, or and I don't need to know it, um, but I think that what you see is that so many people are trying to get to that 75% forgiveness level. So the rent that you pay out of this, the utilities that you pay or the mortgage interest is also forgiven. And that's really, that's really the, the problem with the program right now without the final rules is that, is that so many people are having people come in to sit around so they could use that other, that other 25%. Um, we do have on our webinar, and I would encourage you to join us next Wednesday, we do have uh, a lot of suggestions that we're starting to come up with just to try to figure out what people can do. But uh, I want to also address one other issue with you, and that's your, um, uh, your hope for a longer term idle loan. And again, we don't really know what's going on. 
uh, we are seeing those people. What we're seeing is people who were in on the initial wave are the ones right now that are getting the, uh, the idle program money. Now, again, my slide earlier showed that there was only $9 billion. In this round of funding, there's $60 billion. So there's six times more money, almost six and a half times more money. And so there's going to be a lot more that's done. And it's the early people that we're seeing on the long-term notes. And here's a note right here. There's nothing uh, confidential on there, but there's, there's an idle note right there. A long-term disaster loan, 30-year note. Um, collateral on it is only been, uh, is only a UCC filing. There's no real estate, like on a typical SBA loan. There is, um, let's see, what else is in there? There's a UCC1 filing on your fixtures mm -hmm. and your other inventory and other assets, which really is no security at all from the government's position. And they're going out 30 years on these at 3.75. They are the lifeline. They are the real jewel of, this, of, this, of these efforts. A lot of people are really fixed on the PPP, but we firmly believe that these long-term idols are a lifeline for any business that gets one. Oh yeah, if I was able to get one for my venue, I'd go in and do even more renovations. I already spent well, hold over on. Hold, hold, hold that thought, Brian. Hold that thought. Because in here, it tells you exactly how and what you could use the money for. And it also tells you the consequences if you don't use it in that fashion. And yeah. I have had a number of people that were going to buy out a partner and others, and it's not for that use. And when you get into the note, you realize that. And you realize the uses that you can have. Now, you can potentially by using this, but we, what you would want to do is if you got, let's say a $300,000 idle long-term loan, you would want to pay all of your non-payroll expenses not covered by PPP. And to do that over a period of time to where you need to document and actually build a file on uh, receipts, uh, uh, canceled checks, and everything to add up to that 300,000. Now, the, the thing about that is, is by using the money in that fashion, is that, oh, I was supposed to be somewhere six minutes ago. Oh, well, um, they'll understand. Um, is by using it in that fashion, you have that money that you weren't spending on those expenditures that you could siphon off and use for other purposes. But yeah. what you need to do is you need to really document what you're doing is using this money because by signing the, both of these notes, you're number one saying that, you are going to use it for the purposes described in that note. And SBA loans, SBA disaster loans, are those that have been impacted by COVID-19, which you clearly have. And they're also a limited use of funds that you can use that for. So I caution you on that. Okay. I very much have to, you got to read these notes very carefully. <clears throat> Even though it's very basic, the PPP is a four-page note. Uh, and... I'll cover up the confidential information. There's a PPP note of which okay. um, there's no security or collateral. The one thing that the long-term idol does have is a personal guarantee. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And well, if Brian, if you offline, if you want to, if you want to talk to me about this in, in further detail or after you find out more about your situation, uh, shoot me an email. Kyle has my email. Yep. Okay. Thank so, you. That that being said, and and you being late for a, a another meeting, <laughs> they're back to back. I'm sure. Um, publicly speaking, this is information for people watching the video later on down the road. Uh, tell us how we get a hold of you or the SBDC, um, and uh, go from there. 
Well, uh, we shared our website with you earlier, and that's CSUBSBDC. So that's California State Bakersfield Small Business Development Center. The two acronyms that run together beautifully, CSUBSBDC.com. And also our phone number locally, uh, which we are open. Our consultants are meeting with clients, and they're, they're extraordinarily busy, like all of us are. Uh, our local number is 661 654-2856. Those are the best way. Um, and to work with uh, one of our consultants, they can, uh, they can gear you toward our website and to sign up for services, which are free of charge. And, um, and uh, they're very knowledgeable and they're very, very good about this program that's going on now. So, so um, oh, you had it up there for a second. Yeah, I was sharing audio, too, from the system, so I didn't know if that cut you off or not. But there you go. Oops. Did it stop? Okay. And let's see here. So there's a box up in the right corner that says get started. It takes five minutes to sign up. And um, right there, get started. And away you go. So that's the best way because then electronically your application comes to comes to the SBDC and and based on a little of the information you put in there they put the best uh, source. Uh, Brian, if you go in and sign up, since we've had a, a, a long discussion on this already, and I know your situation, and I can help you better than others, just say that you've talked to me, and then they'll they'll assign you to me. Okay. Because they don't usually assign keep me in the assignment route too often, but. <laughs> But they know my they they know my strengths and they always will pair uh, any of our uh, sixteen or so consultants if I add myself into that uh, based on the strength of what the client needs. Awesome, as Coley mentioned earlier. Kelly, thank you so much for uh, helping us and and imparting some of your wisdom. I really appreciate it. I know everybody else does too. Uh, hopefully, this helps uh, us get over the hump, and you know. Uh, survive this whole coronavirus COVID-19 issue and, and uh, you know, helps us run our business. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Well, it was a pleasure to be here and good luck to all of you. And uh, you're in a tough industry and uh, um, it's been so impacted by this. Um, the good thing is it's, it's going to bounce back. People are still going to get married. So awesome. Um, well, thank you. So thank you all. Yep. Thank, Thank you, you. and, uh, and uh, good luck with your business. Well, thanks for hanging out with us today. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Kelly. And remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And remember to rate us. I really appreciate it. It makes all the difference. And if you want to check out the video from today's podcast, you can find it on our website, WeddingTalkRadio.com. You'll also find all the show notes and any website links that were mentioned throughout the podcast on that page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.